Hello Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hello, Michelle. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. It, you know when you get those days where the day before you kind of planned and you had this nice little progression of things and then you find <laughs> yeah. a nail in your tire? Oh, you're having that day. Yeah. So then the day, <laughs> but the, the blessing of the day, you know, those, the silver lining is I actually had the day off. Oh, nice. So I didn't have to miss any work. So I was able to drop off my car. We were going to be, you and I were going to be face to face. I was so excited to see you face to face because we do tangent off rabbit holes more, I think, when we're face to face. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, but now I drop my car and, and walk to my house and we're Zooming again. Yeah, we are. How about yourself? You've yeah. had a, an exciting couple of weeks. Yeah, we did. We, um, we had a couple of visitors. My sister and her family came out skiing, so they just dropped in for an evening or two to say hi and whatnot. So I got to hang out with my nephews. I, I have, um, she has five kids, um, all adopted out of the foster care system. And so, and they're all so unique and I love all of them. She still has three of them at home and they are, um, 10, 11 and 13 right now. So they're such fun ages and they went up, went skiing. They had a blast. It was awesome. I, I have such respect for, for families who do that. Oh yeah. Um, we know, oh shoot, I forgot his name, but we know we have a friend that you and I know from conferences, especially NCCPS, who's done, he, he and his wife have done this for years, I think, wow, mm -hmm. like 15 kids over a period, or just some ginormous number, adopted most of them, Yeah. Um, you know, send them off to college. And, you know, that, that just to me, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Very cool. Yeah, yeah she I'm, was I'm, actually a yeah. foster mom herself before she actually as a single person before she was even married to her husband. She said, I have wow. a house, I've got three bedrooms. And so she filled it with kids that needed a home. She's pretty, she's amazing. So yeah. anyway, 85 kids that she had come in and through her house as a foster mom before she adopted her five. And, That's and now she just has her, her kids for now. And then when the, her, when the youngest, you know, you know, they may open it back up and do foster again, but anyway, yep. She's pretty amazing. So that, yeah. So that, so we had some visitors and it was fun and we had the massive snowstorm. So we built snowmen and built snow forts and yeah. things like yeah. that. Now it's, now the snow is gone and, you know, in five days we would heat right. up and that's just spring in Colorado. We love it. Right. So. Exactly. And, and I think if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's the one of the final weekends out here for, for skiing. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, let's, this is kind of part two this week. Yeah. Last, last episode, we talked about how you and I look at and approach working with small groups. The question for this week uh, would be, what are some of your favorite activities for small groups? Mm -hmm. I, I put in the show notes, a little mini index from fun doing to get some small groups out there, small group activities out there. You have what to do with a few, that pack that mm -hmm. people can pick up and do things with smaller groups. So let's add to the fun. You want, okay. you want to start us out? Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple favorites. Chris and I kind of have a little mini list of what we want to share. So I'm going to share one that might be new to everybody and one that probably most people know, but it's still one of my favorites that I do with 
paired up or small, you know, paired people or with small groups. So the first one that might be a little bit new to everyone, I call key under the doormat. I like to use those mesh needlepoint canvas that you can pick up at Hobby Lobby or Michael's or something like that. And I cut it in half. So it's about the size of a regular piece of paper, like eight and a half by 11, something like that. And then I cut it in half. So it's even smaller. And then what I do is I give one of those half squares to every two people. And then I like to pick up keys, like defunct keys at like Home Depot or Lowe's or someplace like that. Sometimes they will just give away their extras because, or, you know, when they get a key back that didn't work for somebody, they'll just cut a new key. And so a lot of times they just have boxes of discards. So, so if you go in and say, Hey, I'm going to use these with a kid's group or, you know, something like that, a lot of times they'll just give them right to you. So I give everybody a key and one of those half squares. And I like to use the, the, the story or the little metaphor that, that you're, you know, that you and your colleague here are going to the office and, you know, right over the office door, there's this little tiny awning right over the front and it's raining and you run in from the car and you're both under the, under that little tiny awning right up in front of the front door, but the key is under the doormat. Neither one of you want to get more wet than what you need to, right? And so together you both have to stay on your little teeny tiny doormat and together you have to balance and figure out how to have one of you you know, reach down and try to snag that key out from underneath that doormat while both of you are standing on that doormat. So it's kind of a little bit like the turnover a new leaf activity that you would do with a large group on maybe a six foot by eight foot tarp. And they have to figure out how to either turn it over or fold it in half or something like that while they're all standing on it. So this is like the mini version of that to where now You've got two people in a very small confined space and, uh, and then they have to figure out how to get that key out from underneath the doormat. Nice, nice. A lot of planning involved and then trial mm -hmm. and error. I'm assuming they have to start over if her foot comes off. Correct, and yep. touches the ground. And so they gotta, they gotta practice a little bit. They gotta see yeah. what works, problem solve, identify with problems. And then if you are familiar with turning over a new leaf and you have say six people and there are two pair or three pairs working together, mm -hmm. maybe there's some collaboration that's, in, that's, that's involved. In. Right. So you can kind of work on that nice team spirit sort of a thing and working together. So yeah. Nice, you know, and depending nice. on the size of your participants, you could give them a larger, you know, square if need be. If you are working with adults and you have maybe some larger adults than you, of course, you can you can adapt that the size of that little square or whatever you'd like. And if you don't have the key, use a quarter or a penny, you know, or something like that. It just needs to be something flat that you can slip right underneath. You could even use just use a piece of paper, you know, <laughs> you know, back when we used to travel and you know, TSA would lose my luggage or you know, or so the airline would lose my luggage. You you can get real creative with whatever your prop is that they're standing on um, and the thing that goes underneath. But you know, the basic concept is, you know. A small space for two people and uh, and pull something out from underneath. Yeah, nice one, nice one. Yeah. All right, what you got, Chris? Well, so, several on this list are also reminders. We don't have to, probably don't have to describe them fully. We will add links in the show notes to, we're going to find videos to some of these. And if we need to do a description, we'll find something like that. But one of my favorite small group activities is bull ring. 
Rolling's mm. been around for a while, came out of Teamwork and Team Play by Kane and Jolliffe. And it was just a silver, some people will find the bull ring in a hardware store. Uh, some people will find rings in a craft store. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a, a ring and that strings come off of this ring. You put a ball on the ring and you're standing at the end of the strings with your small group and you're moving that uh, usually a round object for in most cases from point A to point B. And we have stands of some sort. Um, I will include a link to a video on how to make your own mm. out of recycled materials that you may have around. Michelle, I know you sell uh, what we call a, what do you call it? Would it be like a two-dimensional version? And then there's a three-dimensional version, correct? Right. We have one that is just called Bullring. It's just the traditional one. It comes with a stand and the the bullring and string contraption and then a ball in a stuff sack with instructions and all that. And then we have the 3D bullring as well. Yeah, that's which kind is of a, a newer version. Yeah, it's got a cylindrical yeah. tube, a piece PVC pipe, and then the strings come off of the PVC pipe, which of course, then, you know, with the ring, everyone's pulling at the exact same point yeah. on this one object, but with a tube, now all of a sudden, if one person at the bottom of the tube, if their strings on the bottom of the tube and they pull too hard, it's going to topple the tube. So it's, yeah. it's much harder. I like it. Yeah. The traditional one, it would be on one plane mm -hmm. and I've done it with, with two people. I mean, you could, if, as long as they have each have two strings where they can kind of pull the strings apart a little bit mm -hmm. to keep the ring on one plane. So it doesn't tip over. You could do it with two people. Three is a good minimum as well. So that's a great one for um, small groups. There's a bunch of challenges you can do. Um, then there's the 3D kind. Uh, and then you you mentioned something about using rubber bands. Yeah, so oh. I have one that I love to do with small groups around a table and I call it the bullring cup stack. And I've done several blog posts on this as well. So I'll send, we'll put the links to the show notes in those as well that gives good photos and good directions on how to do this. But basically I have everyone, um, I use Dixie cups. So the small, about two inch tall cups and have them topple them on their sides. But first what I do is have them um, each write a word on one of the 10 cups. You need 10 small little Dixie cups to make a pyramid. Four on the bottom, three on the next level, two, and then one to make your pyramid. And I have them um, identify what are the foundations of, you know, good teamwork or what, you know, one time I did it with a, a mother-daughter duo that was really struggling in their relationship. So they wanted to, you know, do some good team building things to get them talking, surface the behaviors that they really needed to, to address in their family and their, in their relationship. So I had them basically take the concept of like, all right, what are the foundations of a good relation, good working relationship between the two of you, a mother, daughter. And so then they each wrote, they each got five cups and they wrote the different words on them. And then together they then had to decide between mom's cups and the daughter's cups, what were the four most important that were gonna go on the bottom of their pyramid? And then what were the next one? And then they worked their way up towards the top. And then they had to take their dominant hand, put it behind their back. And then the bull ring was made of a rubber band as the ring. And then they each had two strings that came off that they could use. And so, um, oh no, wait, sorry. With two people, you don't put your hand behind your back. When you're working with a group of six or seven, you have, I have one people, or I have people take 
um, and put their dominant hand behind your back. So, um, but with two people, they have to use both hands. Otherwise you only have two points of contact. And that's yeah, great. you'd need at least three yes. <laughs> points of contact in some form or fashion to be able to work the rubber band. Is, is right, I know. yep, yeah. so sorry about that. Sorry for the, for the uh, mistake there. Um, so anyway, but then they, um, you know, with the rubber band and the strings, then you have to, you pull and then, you know, place them. And I have all the cup, cups toppled on their sides. So they first have to write, upright the cups to where the opening of the cup is on the bottom and then the you know the bottom of the cup is on the top and then they have to put them together so it, it becomes a really good small group problem solving activity as well that's a great one yeah yeah and and i've done it with a larger solo cups as, as well with masking tape put masking tape on her and mm. label label the the tape whatever you're working on yeah so that cups are great a great yeah. resource uh, bullring is a good distancing activity if you're still, you know, working in that area of you have to keep distanced. Uh, so keep that in mind. That's a great one to do. I just did that the other day with a, a with a group. Uh, good distancing kept them six feet apart most of the time. That was pretty right. good. good. Uh, another one, you know, you and I have talked about and we've done for so long with uh, is the human handcuffs or mm. it's written up originally as almost infinite circle. Yes, in one of Ron Key's books, yes. Where you have a string uh, tied, you have two loops on the end and you put them over your wrists and then you interlock with another person mm -hmm. uh, and then you try to uh, disengage with the other person without taking anything off of your wrist or untying or, or cutting the, the, the rope. Uh, we'll find a good video for that one, but that's a nice kind of, uh, one of those impossible, quote unquote, impossible tasks that if you've never done it before, it seems impossible. Right. And then as you work through things and try things, identify a problem and solve a problem, you know, explore things you haven't tried before. That's a great small group paired activity. Yes. Uh, I'll also send you a, a link to one where you could do the handcuff puzzle by yourself. Mm -hmm. And then that way you could keep, if you want to do some distancing, you could have a bunch of people in the same space, six feet apart, and then they're communicating with each other, trying things, sharing ideas to see if they could solve this handcuff puzzle by themselves. So I'll, we'll link that uh, up to, a, and, and the link is my April challenge post, April challenges. So there are a number of them that you can do with uh, pairs uh, or even individuals and kind of spread out. So that's yeah. another one. You got, an, okay. you got another one? Uh, yeah, and we, we carry a set of human handcuffs in the training wheel store as well. They're super easy to make on your own, but we do carry them. Um, and they're made out of parachute cord. I love using parachute cord for a lot of things because it's very durable and, and uh, pretty accessible as well. So the other one that I still, it's one of the first activities I swear I ever learned as a facilitator. And it's one I still use on a regular basis. And I call it what goes where. And it's where you and a partner sit back to back with one another and you each have similar, the exact same supplies. I personally like to use dominoes and pickup sticks and I have colored dominoes. So they each get the same color of dominoes, um, the same number of sticks and even colors of sticks if you wanted to use the colored ones. And then one person builds a design and I always challenge them. Don't just make a house, 
right? Like do, make a design that maybe even is three-dimensional, comes up off the ground even, um, or up off, up off your table, depending on where you're, where you're doing this. And then you have to describe your design to your partner sitting behind them. And then they have to, to replicate the exact same design. So I, I first tell them, but now before you turn and look to see if, you, if you've got the correct design, call me over and have me look at it first, because often they think they have it, but in reality, they don't. They, you know, because when you're talking uh, you know, and giving directions behind you, know, behind you, is it my left? Is it your left? Is it you know, whatever that is, it, it can be difficult to have a shared mental model of what the design looks like. So I say, call me over, I'll take a look and I'll let you know if, you, if you've got it or if you still have a little bit of work to do. And then as the facilitator, I always make decisions then like how much do you help? How much do you say, you're not, you could just say, you're not quite there yet and not give them any information on what they need to change. Or you could say, you're very close, but maybe your red dominoes need a little bit more work before they are an exact match. So, so anyway, you can, you can use your best, you know, discretion on that, on what information you give them. Yeah. When I work with school-aged youth, I often give them a grade mm. and, and say, oh, well, it, it, this is a B. I would give it a B. Mm. On, on how it looks, how the two look and compare to each other. Do you want to go for an A? Is that important to you? And that then opens up discussions about grades and things yeah. like that. And, and I love that. what motivates us, things that they're used to that. They understand that. Some people don't care. Oh, B's a good enough. I'd take a yeah. B that's passing, you know? And then as you, as you go on, right, then you would switch places. Right. Right. The other person gets to build something and Correct. then- uh, talk to the talk to the person behind them, and that have you? I haven't tried that yet, but I'm assuming you could keep them six feet apart, and mm. then depending on your policies, if you're not talking directly at and and your Facing. breath is not moving in their direction, you probably take off your mask. Mm -hmm. to, if you're yeah, I did it with an adult group with a corporate group on a military base um, a couple months ago, actually. So still during pandemic time. And we had different tables set up to where they could sit back to back, but the tables, you know, they were still sitting six feet apart. They were still masked and everything because it was still kind of heightened time. But, uh, but yeah, you absolutely could do it. And now it made it more challenging when you had more people in the room and you had to really listen for the voice of your right. partner, especially when they're projecting and speaking away from you. But that just adds to the challenge. Great. So, and another thing too, this one, of course, very easy to make on your own. One time when the airline lost my luggage and I wanted to do this activity with a group, I just use coffee stir sticks and sugar packets, you know, because you usually there's pink ones, there's blue ones, there's yellow ones, there's white ones and of the different types of sugar packets and the straws or uh, pencils or, you know, different things like that. So you can get real creative with probably stuff you already have in that junk drawer of life somewhere um, right. in, your, in your near vicinity. As long as the pairs have identical or super close to identical objects to build yes. with. Correct. And then there's the back-to-back -back drawing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there have been people who I know do drawings. I get a piece of paper and a marker. I draw something on a piece of paper and then I explain it to the person behind me and see if they can draw the same picture. 
nice. you know, there's another way to do that. And I know I've seen some people do that on Zoom where mm. they put pairs in uh, breakout rooms and then somebody has a drawing and they try to describe it and then they hold up their picture to the video camera to see how close they are. Nice. So there's a, a, a nice way to do that virtually. So what do you think? I think that's, there's like four, four and a half, couple of bull rings. Yeah. Um, that, that gives adds to the list. And I know that we are, you know, we'll stay available to more ideas and hopefully comments. And if anybody shares anything with us, we'll pass that along. Yeah. In future episodes and a fun doing blog posts and training wheel blogs. Uh, any last thoughts? Yeah, I would just say anything that you can do around a tabletop, you know, those are good for small groups, right. you know, anything like arrowheads or the uh, nail it puzzle. I mean, there's lots more that we could describe, but uh, but just start thinking about things that you could do, you know, with, with your favorite small group tabletop based activities. And, and those would work well for, you know, for pairs or a group of four or even a group of six. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building.